2: twenty five dollars each.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concert week to buy now. That's Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now.
5: Your perfect home sweet home.
6: From UFOs to ghosts and government cover ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or
1: learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Dear dumb police officers, don't tell a lie. All crimes begin with a lie, as we say in Japan. Don't you know that? Why don't you keep it to yourself? You seem to be at a loss, so why not let us help you? We'll give you a clue. We entered the factory by the front gate. The typewriter we used is Panwriter. The plastic container we used was a piece of street garbage. Signed, Monster with 21 Faces.
3: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. What you just heard was an excerpt from the subject of today's episode, uh, as read by
1: our very own Matt Frederick. That's me. Hello. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey Matt, thanks for coming. <laughs> uh and my name is Ben, of course. As always, we are here with uh with Noel uh Fox Eyes Brown. Ooh, How about that? Eyes. Noel the Fox Eyed Brown. Oh yes. He's, he's gesturing us in what I assume to be the common sign of the fox eyed.
1: Ooh, and the fox call. And the fox call. <laughs> We're not gonna ask you to do one. <laughs> all right, all right.
3: <laughs> that was too far. Okay. <laughs>
1: No, there
2: Oh
3: my god. He did it. It's true. Yeah. Uh as an armchair fox expert. <laughs> yeah. Or foxatologist, the word I just made up. Nice. Uh, so I can verify that if that if that were actually a fox and were I actually a fox expert. So here is our audio follow-up to an earlier video that we created about unsolved. Crimes. Previously, we covered the famous Tamam or Tamun Shud case, the case of the Somerton man.
1: Just, I, I just want to say, I've always heard it as Tamun with an N Shud, mm-hmm. but then upon our research, we realized no, it's it's always been Tamam Shud. Mm-hmm. Always, that's what that was what was written on the note.
3: Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting because you know it might. This is something that listeners can. Uh, can help us with perhaps because, uh, as you know, some languages that are non-Romance or non-Latin languages uh, have some difficulty with uh, translation, mm-hmm. right? Which is why for a long time uh, there were probably, if you're old enough, you may remember in your lifetime, some names of cities have changed like Bombay became Mumbai, uh, Peking, Beijing, things like that. So this might be a case of Fitzgerald the author who did the translation of the Rubaiyat, to which we refer this may be a case of him uh using maybe an outdated nomenclature or something mm-hmm. like that uh neither you uh or I speak Farsi is it? Is n- that correct? No n-
1: no. Okay. I mean it is correct and no we d- I do not speak. Okay.
3: Well, the Somerton case was only one of the cases we mentioned in the video. We also mentioned uh, some bizarre spree killings in Belgium, some uh, feet that yeah. were showing up all over the place in mm-hmm. the northwest, north uh, Pacific Northwest, yes. yeah. And we also mentioned one other case, one of the most famous unsolved cases in Japanese criminal history, and that is what is known as the monster with 21 faces. Matt, what you just read at the top of the show was a quote from an actual letter sent to some police departments.
1: Uh, kind, at, of, kind of taunting, mm-hmm. at very much taunting the police departments.
3: Yeah, as things were kicking into high gear. So let's go ahead and just start at the beginning. What what happened? How did this case
1: Again. Well, it all begins with this candy company called Glico in Japan, uh, and like all other companies, Glico has a CEO, so their CEO's name was uh, Katsuhisa Izaki, and these two armed masked men broke into Katsuhisa's mother's house mm-hmm. and stole a key— uh, from For his house. Okay, from his mom. And this yes. was in 1984. 1984 is when this happened. Uh, they, they did some, some pretty heinous things. They bound some people up. Right. They tied up
3: his wife and uh, one of his children and cut the telephone cords. They raided the bathroom where they found the CEO and his other two kids
1: hiding. That's right. And then they abduct, abducted the CEO and they held him hostage at a, a warehouse.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, they issue a ransom as well for 1 billion yen and 100 kilograms of gold bars. Uh, that's got to be a tense situation if you're the CEO of the company and you wonder, well, 1 billion yen, 100 kilograms of gold. Wh- what's going to happen to me? What's the board yeah. going to do?
1: Is the board going to cut their losses and be like, yeah, sorry, know. we can find another CEO. Right.
3: Uh, <laughs> Luckily, he did not have to address that uh, frightening question. Uh, And, and, you know, he didn't have to get to the ultimate answer because he managed to escape the warehouse three days later. However, he was not able to identify any of his abductors. And this was far from over.
1: Yeah. So these guys had masks on. I'm assuming they wore them the whole time. So, I mean, once you're out and you're trying to figure out who these people are, if you don't have clear motive already, Beforehand, then how do you know who these guys are? That's, that is a scary, scary situation. So, a few weeks later, uh, a couple other things happen. The, some vehicles that are in the parking lot at Glico are set on fire. Then there is a container of hydrochloric acid, uh, and, and a letter that accompanied, right.
3: accompanied it. Yeah, and a threatening letter written to Glico itself. Uh, they were found in, Ibaraki, and let me take a moment here uh, to point out that uh, my Japanese is going to be terrible, my pronunciations, uh, and thank you to everybody in the Summerton case. There were people who wrote in and said, hey, guys. Your, uh, your pronunciation of the Australian stuff, not that
1: bad. Yeah, we did okay.
3: Well, we have, we have some really supportive audience.
1: Members. Yeah, C plus B maybe. So
3: this, uh, so the Japanese is, is not gonna be spot on here, uh, but the warehouse where this guy was originally held hostage, that's where, uh, this, that's the same town that this letter came to. And this was the first in a string of letters from a person or a group of people dubbing itself The monster with 21 faces. Interesting side note here. They didn't make up that name.
1: No, no. It's based off of a a Japanese detective series, I Mm -hmm. believe. Which is fictional. Yes. Uh, and,
3: but it's pretty well known in Japan. It's named after the villain in one of those detective, in that detective series. Uh, these letters claim that Glico candies were laced with potassium cyanide soda, meaning that it would quite possibly kill people who ate it.
1: Yeah, and if not kill them, make them very 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 ill. And you can't have that if you're a, a large company like that. You the, this is just not this is not a good idea to allow this product to go out. So, Glico, as you might assume, they pulled they pulled their uh their stuff off the shelves, but they didn't just pull the possibly uh, contaminated ones. They just pulled everything. They pulled a lot of stuff
3: and they were also um they were doing this based entirely on the threat. Yes. There was not evidence found at that time, uh, but this was a massive loss for the company, a $21 million loss. And keep in mind, this is in the eighties. Uh, and they had to lay off almost 500 employees because of this expense.
1: And that's a $21 million U.S. loss. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. And uh, after months
3: of tormenting Glico, the monster with 21 faces, uh, forgives them says, we forgive Glico. And that was their final letter, but they weren't done
1: yet. <laughs> but it's crazy. I guess they, they caused enough damage. I, I'm trying to uh, put my head in the mind of these, the monster with 21 faces. Just, I guess they saw that the company had been, I uh, defeated in a way, mm-hmm. at least according to their standards. So they're like, you know what? It's okay, guys, we're cool. So they moved on and they, they turned their sights on a couple other companies mm-hmm. who produce food. Um oh man Marudai Ham uh House Foods Corporation and Fujia. Right, yeah, and this this was straight up extortion
3: pretty much, yes. right? Uh and at the time in Japan, it's important to note that this was uh, a campaign of over terror, you know, people were some for the first time were terrified about the possibility of crime because Japan in comparison to a lot of other countries is a very safe place you know this is this is not the place where you would think you would accidentally die because you ate uh you bought some pocky which is yes. by the way my my favorite my favorite thing that uh glico makes
1: you know what i'm talking about the, the little yeah yeah the, yeah the, yeah they have flavorings
3: on them uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. Don't get the strawberry. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the strawberry. I haven't had that one. And I have no illusions about the nutritional value or lack thereof. <laughs> but man, that chocolate sauce stuff is on point. Anyway, so they told Merodai that they would stop harassing this company if one of their employees gave them ransom money, 50 million yen specifically on a train.
4: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: So the police forces have an investigator disguise himself as an employee. And while he's disguised as an employee... They don't see exact the place where they're instructed to hand off the money mm-hmm. because they're supposed to, like, throw it from a train, kind of. Uh, but they do see a guy who later becomes the prime suspect uh, as a representative of the monster with 21 faces, and that is the so-called fox-eyed man, which goes back to your nickname today, Noel. It does. Uh, the man was well-built. He, he had short hair, and it was permed.
1: And he was-
3: This is the 80s. This is the 80s. And he was described as having eyes like those of a fox. So after this police officer, investigator, dresses employee, uh, drops the ransom, he and this other guy try to follow the fox-eyed man, but they lose him. And then they get another close chance to catch him again, but he evades them again. He's pretty good at it.
1: It feels so cinematic to me. It feels like this is a script that was written. But no, no, ladies and gentlemen, this happened.
3: Yeah. And after uh the after this event and during these close calls, the monster is mailing more harassing letters toward the police. And a year later, after a year of unsuccessfully investigating this, finding no leads, catching no criminals, the police superintendent, a fellow named Yamamoto, uh, commits suicide uh, Mm. because of this case. And he does it by setting himself on fire, uh, allegedly because he's ashamed of his failure to capture the fox-eyed man. So five days after the death, a little less than a week, the Monster with 21 Faces sends a final letter to the media.
1: Uh, Matt, do you want to do the honors? Sure. Yamamoto of Shiga Prefecture, police died. How stupid of him. We've got no friends or secret hiding place in Shiga. It's Yoshino or Shikata who should have died. What have they been doing for as long as one year and five months? Don't let bad guys like us get away with it. There are many more fools who want to copy us. No career Yamamoto died like a man. So we decided to give our condolence. We decided to forget about torturing food-making companies. If anyone blackmails any of the food-making companies, it's not us, but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Monster with 21 Faces.
3: And with that... The monster with 21 faces did not surface again, or at least hasn't, uh, hasn't been seen to surface. So this crime, this series of crimes Mm. remains unsolved. 17 months from the initial kidnapping to the last known letter, which you heard part of there. And this was a a, histor- a an historical hinge you know this turn the public perception of a crime free and safe japan and it leaves us with uh, a lot of questions one one thing that people would say is that the the suspects would most likely be Yakuza, you know, the organized
1: crime rings of Japan. It certainly seems like there was a lot of organization going on, mm-hmm. uh, coordinating where to be and when and knowing information about their victims. Mm-hmm. And in 1995, June 1995, the statute of limitations ran out
3: for the uh, kidnapping and assault. And then mm-hmm. in 2000, the limitations for the uh, poisoned food products uh, also Expired. So what's interesting is the Fox Eyed man as well as some other unidentified guy in a hat uh, were seen different times during the 17 months. The guy in the hat was actually seen putting food onto a shelf. Oh wow. Uh, so actually participating in the in the poison, right? So after the um after the release of the identikit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to try to find the perpetrator in 1985, the Tokyo Metropolitan Police believed the culprit was a guy named Manabu Miyazaki, or uh, Mister M, which is kind of a cool name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and it's because he had in 1976 released a tape uh, about supporting a union that was in a labor dispute with Glico way back in '76, and it said and. According to the police, this had a lot of similarities to the tone of letters sent by Monster with 21 Faces. That and
1: clearly could be motive, right? Could be motive. And
3: in 76 and 75, there were whistleblowing incidents that were also attributed to the guy uh, talking about Glico's dumping of uh, industrial waste into rivers. Wow. Uh, so he was also suspected of a couple other things. But here's, here's the thing. His father was the boss of a local yakuza organization. Yakuza organization. Whoa! And the guy himself apparently bore resemblance to the fox-eyed man, which one of our listeners on YouTube said that was just sort of a phrase for someone with crazy eyes. Gotcha. But I, I don't know. Again, not a not a foxologist. Is there a foxologist in the house? I just always no. wanted to say
1: that. <laughs> there is a sketch of him you can find online, and yes. the, the way they. Depicted his eyes. I can see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And there,
3: uh in two thousand or so, there were rumors that there was actually North Korean involvement. Oh wow! And there were, you know, that that's not as readily accepted as the accusations of organized crime in general, or should I say, domestically organized organized crime. Uh, but we have to ask ourselves, you know, will will this case? ever be solved it will it be like a deathbed confession uh what what were the long-term results what was the ultimate motivation behind this you know was was the group doing this uh profiting in some other way by um damaging the reputation of glico
1: yeah were they maybe competitors somewhere
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and it's a, it's a decent question because what we're really looking for here now is motive. You know? Yes. That's the strange part. There's not really an explanation of motive, at least in the letters themselves, other than we are bad guys and it's fun to lead that kind of life.
1: What if it was an early take on the health food movement where they were trying to punish companies who make delicious uh, sticks with candy on them? Yeah, but again, stay away from the strawberry.
3: <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, you know, that's, that's an interesting angle too, but the, the problem is with that, that there's not
1: very much in the way of proof. That's just yeah. conjecture. Well, and, and if, you know, let's say that they were successful and they got the ransom money. Mm-hmm. When you're getting ransom money like that, even in the eighties, it's going to be trackable in some way, you know, the each, each, uh, Bill is going to have numbers on it that you can trace. Sure. Yeah. You would need somebody, I don't know, like an organized crime to wash that money, All you know, right, to right. funnel it through different things. And sure. Different gambling
3: things yeah. or pachinko parlors, things like that, which, uh, that would make sense. But that's, uh, just connecting, you know, between gambling and those sympathizers. That isn't in any way to say that there is proof that any North Korean sympathizers were behind the monster with 21 faces. But then again, there's not too much solid proof that the Yakuza is, it's just sort of like they're the, they're the party that would, yeah, because that's a crime family. And this was clearly organized, well thought out. The methods of contact and delivery for the time uh, did, did show that this was not anyone's first rodeo. You know what I mean? That's right. So, What this leaves us with uh, is another point that we should make, which is a lot of the contemporary reporting of this, the stuff that was happening in the 80s at the time, was, of course, written in Japanese and remains in Japanese. So now I'd like to put out um, a, a, a request for those of you listening with knowledge of Japanese is there a uh, is there an additional piece of this story that you think is missing for people who primarily speak English and if so what cuz we'd like to hear
1: it that would be so great uh, perhaps we could even uh, put a little addendum at the end of another episode where we discuss something that you wrote to us written to us that would be great that would be a great
3: follow up and we could also look at it on our new live show uh we're on periscope uh usually around 4 p.m. uh I guess Thursdays or Fridays, right? Some, yeah, sometime near the end of the week. Uh huh. And, uh, we do hope you tune in and check that out. We, we hope you're enjoying looking at some of these crimes. These are just sort of 101 instances. Uh, but
1: yeah, it's to send you down the rabbit hole. <laughs>
3: right. Yes. Or the foxhole yeah. or whatever. Right. I was going to say candy hole, but for some reason that sounds strangely mm. dirty. It's just your face. Oh, cause people eat candy. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, a personal insult, and I thought, Matt, jeez, man, <laughs> no, we're on no. air. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what have I done? Jeez. Um, so we're going to go ahead and in that. Th- oh, wait, do you hear that?
6: It was the fox call.
4: it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
6: Scream! He's back. Oh, it's no. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if that's really what a fox sounds like. I heard they, they kind of shriek.
3: You know, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, there's a... Domestication project that mm-hmm. went on with, uh, foxes that you've probably heard about, right? Uh, the, it, I believe it was a Russian project and the idea was to see what would happen when they bred foxes increasingly for domestic mm-hmm. purposes, turning them into pets, because very few animals are actually domesticated. Mm-hmm. You can tame individuals, but domestication is when the entire, uh, the entire type of animal is just Ready to hang with people. So what they found was that the fox has got floppy ears and retain some juvenile characteristics and they do make that crazy, unholy sounding
1: <laughs> noise. Okay. Yeah.
3: So you <laughs> nailed it. Thought
6: I thought it wasn't too far off base. So you, you were talking about, uh, Pocky, right? Pocky? Yeah. 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 What about yan yan? Have you ever had yan yan? I have oh, had no. yan yan. I
1: have not. What is yan yan? It's like, it's like little
6: dipping sticks, you know? It's yeah. It's like, like Pocky. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. It's like, uh,
3: I'll tell you, it's one of those things that whenever I'm at a place and they sell it, mm. I, I have this moment where – It's I, like
6: Dunkaroos. It's like it Dunkaroos. Oh. Whoa. Deep cut,
3: no? Okay, okay. Whenever I'm in a place where they sell that stuff, I, I buy I buy a couple just just to have on board, on hand. I don't really eat sweets, but it, <laughs> it must have been a
1: nostalgic thing for me or something. It's a fun thing to offer to guests, too. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they have them at the, uh, the place where I get my banh mi's. Uh, right around the corner oh, from my house, geez. they've got the po- pocky, pokey, pocky. pocky, pocky. I don't know.
3: Do you go to Lee's? Yeah, it's Lee's Bakery. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so if you're ever in Atlanta and you you like banh me. Gotta- or just sandwiches, <laughs> or just sandwiches, <laughs> or just sandwiches, it's sort of the perfect
6: sandwich. Oh. Yeah, you gotta
3: you gotta check out Lee's because and it's so cheap. Yeah, I'm as a cheapskate. Their deal really appeals to me. You can get six sandwiches for the price of five, which, granted, is entirely too many sandwiches for one person.
1: Uh, this episode brought to you by Lee's Bakery. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no I'm it,
3: just joking. I, I would love it if they were if they were uh, sponsoring our show. Then I would ask just for payment and sandwiches. Oh, please! Really that good?
6: I once did the six sandwich deal, and I just put them in the fridge and brought one to work every day and it was the best week of my life man
3: yeah whoa i don't know why i haven't done that again i remember that week Mm -hmm. that was a a high point (laughs) for all of us (laughs) yeah you're just smiling all the time Yeah. yeah um so uh what do you think about this do you think they're ever gonna find the perpetrator of the or the perpetrators i don't know it's it's
6: sometimes you know these things just Don't ever get solved, I guess. I don't know.
3: Well, it's, it's also strange because we know that some organized crime families have, especially in, in this, uh, in this country, some organized crime families have pretty close links with, uh, police departments and law enforcement, you know. So it's, it, it follows then that it is entirely possible for members of the police department and members of perhaps even the Japanese media to know exactly who this is, but for one reason or another, to have participated yeah. in the cover up. And uh, I'm I'm interested in this because I want to know what happened with this. You know, I I, I want to know where it occurred. And you know, it, This wasn't that long ago, relatively speaking, especially in comparison to the Summerton man. So it,
1: it's quite possible that people who participated in this are still alive. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm most certain because this isn't just a one or two person deal. I don't I don't think it's possible that this is one person, two person deal. I mean, I don't know how it is today, but it seems like there was certainly a time where the
6: yakuza wielded almost more control and power than the police force itself. And I mean, it was probably, you know, the police force was more beholden to the Yakuza than the other way around.
1: See, I feel like we learn about that in hindsight mm-hmm. and it's we're in this forever loop of control getting larger and larger mm-hmm. with organized crime within our um, institutions, but, but we but just a, learn about this,
6: it. I don't know, it seems to me, at least, at least in the States, it's maybe this is completely not true, but it seems there's there's a sense that organized crime isn't
3: you know, what it once what it once was. Right. Has it devolved? Or but then also it it reminds me of the old question of or, or the old idea that organized crime is always going to be around. The question it will be who perpetrates the most? And you'll have people like, you know, Gary Webb, the journalist, clearly, mm-hmm. clearly said, guys, the CIA is participating in organized crime and uh with much more success than the Gambinos or whatever. Yeah. And uh perhaps we're perhaps we are arriving at a place where the differences uh between some factions of law enforcement and some factions of criminal empires are are not as distinct as they once were. So so yeah, to your point, man, it, it does make sense that uh the quote unquote traditional organized crime could be falling off. But um Crime, like any other thing in nature, bores a vacuum. So somebody else is going to step in. It's true. Are you? Uh, wait, wait. Are you guys a fan of crime shows, mob stuff?
6: Yeah, I was actually just going to oh, yeah. ask <clears throat> Matt um, how you felt about uh, the True Detective uh, finale. Spoilers, oh, don't don't ask me that. Just tell me. Just out with it. Did just you watch get it off all? your chest? Yeah, I did. Okay, I did. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. <clears throat>
1: Really fast. Yeah. So i I don't think you can sit and judge something like that by just saying, "Oh, it was awful." No, oh, no, that means you hated it. No, that's that. not that's not what that means. Okay. It, it it means I think that there is deeper meaning to be read from my first viewing mm-hmm. of the season. I think that it wasn't shown as much on the surface as uh, season one was, where right. you had a character like Rust Cole who was kind of explaining to you what the symbols mean, what the uh, the deeper thing that you can find within maybe these symbols yeah. or within this. I think it exists there, and that for that I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think it's it, I really personally think it's suffered from having too many characters trying to tell too many stories and mm-hmm. not being able to focus its energy onto one or two things. It was just weird for me because it almost felt like
6: by the time it found its footing, it was like too late kind of. Yeah. Because I mean the last two episodes, three episodes even to me were pretty solid and I almost like, I was hate watching it up to that point. I'm not kidding. Like I was <laughs> yeah. just you know. Hate watching? Yeah, I really was. I was just like, this dialogue is awful. These characters yeah. don't make sense. <laughs> These, uh, the casting is, is lopsided and bizarre. <gasps> but then by the end it was like, oh wow, well, okay, there's really some stuff coming home to roost here and like there's actually some really interesting development and some of the things that at the time seemed ridiculous for these characters to do actually sort of make sense in the grand picture of the thing. So I would argue that maybe it's worth watching, like binge watching, you know, like to kind of get a sense of who the characters are and you don't forget because it's like one thing that I had a problem with is like there would be characters that you maybe saw once or twice and they maybe were named once or twice, and then you don't ever see them again until they pop up, and, oh, they're actually really, really important,
1: but yeah. who's that again? Oh, you know,
3: kind of yeah. uh, I see.
6: Anyway, it's... I don't want to get too overboard with it. I just wanted to do a little post Well, no, because you
1: know. I, I actually wanted to talk about it. Ben and I discussed it briefly, and I, I'm sorry, Ben. I don't uh, mean to just talk and talk and talk here, about it, but I, I think I really feel like <laughs> I had pacing problems and, and too many characters. You're, you're right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, give it a chance. If you have not watched it yet, Give it a chance. It's a good conversation starter, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Just like season one, my favorite parts of watching season one was then coming to work and then discussing with everybody what we think is happening or what's going on.
3: <laughs> oh, uh, I loved the season one and, and for an entirely selfish reason because uh, I, I, I did think it was, it was a great show and, and the time you spent uh, on it shows. But uh, I loved it because – Suddenly, people cared about the book, "The King in Yellow," I know, I and know. other stories. And uh, I had I, never heard of it. Well, I I had only heard of it because it has you know it has this Lovecraftian air, and it got sucked into that whole mythos. And uh, I think Josh might still have my copy, or did I just get another copy? But the mm. the book itself has some has some pretty neat stuff. It's an anthology. It's hit and miss, okay, for sure. It has, uh, literally, well, as virtually nothing to do with this stuff in True Detective. Thematically, it makes sense because the Yellow King is in that book a uh, a figure of like. There's this three act play. That's what, and, and the three act play occurs in these different stories and. The idea is that when you read the first act, it's great, it's interesting. It pulls you in, right? It it's pulls the honeymoon, second act, blah blah blah. By the time you get to the third act, you are insane and your brain is driven to the darkness beyond the stars, to Carcosa where the Yellow King dwells, and that kind of stuff. And uh that's not really what true detective is about at all, but it is it is an interesting thematic underpinning. And uh unlike the monster with twenty one faces, uh the true detective case was solved.
1: Yes, some people sort well, of. Well, yes. It was a
3: Pyrrhic victory.
1: Yes, and uh, not to give – we don't want to give too much away here. We want you guys all to be excited about watching these shows because, honestly, when there's good television or a good story put on camera, ah, just makes us all happy, I think.
3: Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a renaissance, I, I believe, for uh, TV shows, but uh, also – also, I defer to you guys' opinion on this because you're both uh, far more knowledgeable about film in general than I am. I'll have conversations with uh, these guys, ladies and gentlemen, where if a if a lot if a bunch of movies come out at once, and I will walk up to Matter or Noel or some of our other coworkers uh, and ask them which one I'm supposed to watch. Cause they just, I just, I have time to wade through all of them, you know. Should we, should we go ahead and talk about the gift now or? No. Oh, okay. No. Let us never speak of that horrible, <laughs> horrible film other than to say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to help you. We are going to save two hours of your life. Don't see that film.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
3: I don't, I, you know, I hate to be so, uh, blunt about it. Well, you know what? Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll like it. It takes all types.
1: I haven't seen it. I hear great things though.
3: Not i you too all right so before i i uh Give myself a too trouble or go on another rant. We are going to head out. Reminder, please do let us know uh, what you think about the monster with 21 faces. Will this ever be solved? And please let us know what other unsolved crimes exist in your neck of the woods, on your part of the globe. You can write to us directly. We're Facebook and Twitter, uh, Conspiracy Stuff. You can also check out our podcast on your choice of streaming device or uh, I iTunes. I you can iTunes it. You can iTunes it if that's a verb. I don't know. We're are like old school Ituners. Yeah, we've been around for a while on that one. Not as long as some, but we put in we put in some time, uh, and we have new episodes coming out. Every week we also have, as you mentioned, the live show. But hey, Matt, Ben, Noel, you might be saying, uh, I do have some feedback, but I don't feel comfortable posting it on a public forum like Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. We totally understand, but we'd still love to hear from you. Write to us
1: directly at conspiracy at howstuffworks.com.
6: more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit youtube.com conspiracystuff stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter
5: at the handle at conspiracy stuff.